What's going in your ear? Garbage in? Help me out. What's going in your ear? Who are you listening to? Do you hear God's voice? Pastor, that's kind of creepy. I'll tell you what's kind of creepy. Listen to the devil. Now that creeps me out. But a holy, righteous, compassionate God? Sovereign? Do you hear God's voice? I'm Terry Knight, the pastor here at New Life Community Church. And I thank you so much for turning us on, tuning us in. I trust as always that the Lord's going to bless you all over the place as we fellowship here together around God's Word for the next several moments. We're going to begin a brand new teaching on this particular episode of New Life. And I want you to listen carefully because I want to ask you a very important question. Are you prepared for what lies ahead? Are you prepared for what lies ahead, spiritually speaking? You know, we live in some promised times. We live in some perilous times. I know many of you listening to me right now, you're engaging, uh, experiencing some of those perilous times. You're having some very difficult days. And my heart goes out to you. I do realize that I'm quite often preaching to people that are in pain, you're in pain from one, uh, one experience, one test, one trial, or another, some from one trial to another. Beloved, listen, those things could become more uh, prominent and could come into our life more so than they have in the past. We could be facing, and no doubt we are facing, some more difficult days in the immediate future. Are you prepared for that spiritually. This teaching is to prepare you for that, and I trust that you'll listen carefully as we share with you one that we've titled Living Properly. Our text passage is taken out of Romans chapter 11, uh, actually chapter 13, verse 11, Romans chapter 13, verse 11, and some of the following verses. But I want to read verse 11 in your hearing right now. I'm going to pray for you, and we're going to jump right into this, and I trust you'll be blessed. Romans chapter 13 and verse number 11. And the record puts it this way. You know what sort of times we live in. I trust that that's true of you. We know what sort of times we live in. He continues. And so, you should live properly. It's time to wake up. You know that the day when we will be saved is nearer now than when we first put our faith in the Lord. Again, there are some more verses, but we're going to stop right there for right now. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each and every one that's turned on this telecast, and I pray that by your Spirit you would minister to their needs. I, I pray specifically right now for that one that is in the middle of a trying time in their life, whether it's something physical or financial or spiritual or something to do with their family, whatever the case might be, I pray that you would undertake for those very specific needs 
in the power of the Spirit. Speak to us by your word. I pray that you would help us to make the determination to know your word and to allow your word to guide and direct us every moment of every day. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, you be blessed. I'll be back here in just a little while to wrap things up. Monday when I was on a prayer walk in my short sleeves, say amen right there, I thought I had a specific leading from the Lord. In fact, I am sure that I did. What I didn't anticipate is uh, laying some groundwork for that message and then the Lord changing gears a little bit because I had not anticipated some of the things that have taken place in uh, the world this past week. So, Said that to say this, I'm going in a little bit of a different direction than what I uh, intended initially. Uh, nonetheless, I believe this is from the Lord. And let me just kind of bring everything together by saying this. There have been some terrible, tragic, and historically momentous and historically significant things that have transpired this past week. Watch this, things that are likely to change the world as we have known it. Now, I don't consider myself to be an alarmist. Somebody's just trying to get people all hyped up and all pumped up. In fact, if anything, as emotional as I am, and you know by now I kind of wear my feelings on my sleeves, so I try to guard against playing on people's emotions. There's no need in all of us being emotional. Say amen right there. But I'm even speaking in particular of the invasion by Russia of the sovereign nation of Ukraine. Now, I remember growing up as a little boy, I used to hear some of the old timers and even in history class then, I remember hearing about Pearl Harbor, Pearl Harbor, Pearl Harbor. For me at that time, Pearl Harbor was no more than an article in the Weekly Reader. Did the kids still get those? You remember those? I loved them. They had pictures in them. Pearl Harbor, Pearl Harbor. And I didn't think much about Pearl Harbor until 9-11-01 when I was standing at the McDonald's in Martinsville, Virginia, having fled a ministerial association meeting because somebody said something horrible had happened and I went to McDonald's and there was a monitor in there and I watched with my own eyes as the twin towers collapsed. Some of you in here do not remember that. That kind of blows my mind that some of you weren't born then, but I remember it very well and I remember thinking as I watched those buildings uh, Dozens of stories high. I watched those buildings just collapse. And one of the things that hit me was, wow, that must be how the old timers felt when Pearl Harbor was bombed. There's one striking difference. I was able to stand in McDonald's, which the old timers didn't have. I know you find that hard to believe. And look at a, a monitor and watch all of this happen live right before my very eyes. Very few people were able to witness the, the events of Pearl Harbor. Some people have, some reputable people have been asking this week, is this the beginning of World War III? I don't know. 
And I'm not here to speculate about that. I have no intentions whatsoever of speculating about that. But it is an interesting question. Now, I said all of that to say this, and I'm headed to number one on your study notes. My question for you, and I'm telling you, this is one of those times I really wish that we were just sitting in my living room or across uh, from our dining room table, and you were on one side and I was on the other, and we could just talk heart to heart, pastor to, to people. So you just kind of imagine that's where we are this morning. As Pastor Terry asked you, are we, are you spiritually prepared for what lies ahead? Are you spiritually prepared for what lies ahead? Now hang on to that thought. One of the fascinating details to me about the Word of God is literally the manner in which it was written. There are several things that I could throw out to you right here, but right now I just want to focus on one, and it's that which theologians refer to as, watch this, the law of recurrence or the law of recapitulation. Now, I'm not trying to be funny or trying to throw out some big 50-cent word this morning, but I want you to know that the law of recurrence is used over and over again in the Bible. In fact, when you know this, it will help you in your studies. Let me tell you about the law of recurrence. On one occasion, in one instance, God methodically and strategically gives us a macro view, this 30,000-foot view of some particular instance. And then, with equal precision, comes back on another occasion and enlightens us with more of a micro view. And by that, I mean just zooming right into within inches of the details. Now, here's what you need to take away from that. One is an overview. The other zooms in on the details. Everybody say details. Now, let me give you the primary Bible illustration of what I'm talking about. You can find it right off the get-go, Genesis 1 and 2. Chapter 1 of Genesis gives us the macro view, the 30,000-foot overview of the entirety of creation. And then you go to chapter 2, immediately to chapter 2, and God zooms in and he highlights the one specific of the creation of humankind. Now watch, there are those that come away from that just early on from reading just two chapters into uh, the Word of God. They come away screaming, there's contradictions in the Bible. Listen to this old preacher. There are absolutely zero, zilch, no contradictions in the Word of God. Rather, what is happening is we're getting an overview and then zooming in on some of the details. The law of reoccurrence or recapitulation. Let me give you one more example, very similar. You're familiar with the book of Exodus. Genesis, what comes next? Exodus. Exodus gives us the law, gives us the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments. And then, then a little while later comes a book of, very difficult to say this book, Deuteronomy. 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 Deuteronomy, whatever it is, then it comes that book. And Deuteronomy means this. It means second law. That's what the word means. Now, 
It's more than a duplicate, and it's more than a repetitive list of what we already know. In other words, I read Exodus, I don't need to read Deuteronomy. But Deuteronomy is actually, from more of an experiential perspective, catch that, more of an experiential perspective after Israel trounced around out in the wilderness for some 40 years or so. Now, this law of R&R, I'm going to call it, is foundational for me to take you this right now to the Old Testament book of 1 Chronicles. 1 Chronicles is sort of a recap or a summary of about four books, 1 and 2 Samuel, 1 and 2 Kings, sort of a summary of those. But, and I'm headed to number two on your study notes, 1 Chronicles is more, much more, than just a retelling or a summary of those previous books. It serves to fill in some critically important details. A fascinating story is detailed and memorialized for us in 1 Chronicles. Let me give you a little background on that. You will recall, you Bible readers, that the people of Israel cried out to God for a king. We want a king. Give us a king. We want a king. Why did they want a king? They wanted to be like all the other nations around them. Listen to me. They had God under a theocracy. We want a king. We want a king. We want a king. God said in the Hebrew, okie dokie. Okay? And the winner is Saul. Fellow by the name of Saul. Suffice it to say, Saul didn't work out too well. Okay? Usually when men get ahead of God, it kind of happens that way. Now listen, this was not God's fault. It was Saul's fault. Every bit of it was Saul's fault. Ultimately, Saul, who had the kingship and the kingdom presented to him, ultimately, he had that stripped away from him. Why? We do not need to speculate about that. Go with me to 1 Chronicles chapter 10 and verse number 13. The word tells us this. He, Saul, was unfaithful to the Lord. Watch this, church. There's a subliminal message in this for us. Are we faithful to the Lord? Saul was for a time, but he became unfaithful to the Lord. He was unfaithful. How so? What did that look like? What were the components of that? There are two things. First of all, he did not keep the word of the Lord. That is why I hammer before you over and over and over again to read and study this. Saul failed to keep the word of the Lord. The second thing was he even consulted a medium for guidance. So watch this. Typically, when we throw this out the window, then what do we do? We look for other sources. Huh? 
And sometimes we have those other sources that just kind of push that out of the way in our lives. You have to be very, very careful about that. He did not keep the word of the Lord, and he even consulted a medium for guidance. Went down to see the palm reader. What a dodo. Look at verse 14. And did not inquire of the Lord. So the Lord put him to death. Now, let me encourage you to go back and read all the sordid details of that. It's incredible how his death came to pass. But we're told here that there was no one to blame but God Almighty. or That's who made all of this happen. There was no one to blame but Saul himself because of his failures. The Lord put him to death and then turned the kingdom over to David, son of Jesse. One of my literary mentors who is singing praises of the praises of God in heaven today, his name's J. Vernon McGee, pastored a great church out in California for a number of years. He said this with regards to this passage, quote, Saul turned to Satan for advice. Wow. Can you imagine given choices that anybody would turn to Satan for advice. That leads me to number three on your notes. Fill this in with me. Would you personalize it with me? Can I ask you, to whom are you listening to today? Who are you listening to? Who have you been listening to this week? Don and I were married back in August of 19-something. She paused her employment on Thursday. I paused my employment on Friday. We were married on Saturday, left to go on her honeymoon, come back Wednesday, as I recall. And uh, I was pastoring a little church, preaching at a little church, paid $65 a week, in case you're wondering. That didn't buy a lot of groceries then either. But on Monday morning, I went and I met a fellow by the name of Monty Seiler. He was over the maintenance at the Westland Daycare Center in High Point, North Carolina. I said, I'm looking for a job. They tell me you're hiring. He said, can you be here at 3 o'clock this afternoon? And the rest is history. I never missed a day of work. Isn't that something? Isn't God great? God is absolute. Uh, by the way, between all that, we moved from Satspa Hall to High Point, And the rest is history. I told you that to tell you something. And here it is. There were two older black ladies that I worked with doing maintenance work, sweeping and mopping floors. And one of them, their catchphrase was, and she said it all the time, my ear ain't no garbage can, so don't be putting your garbage up in my ear. <laughs> What's going in your ear? Garbage in? Help me out. What's going in your ear? Who are you listening to? Do you hear God's voice? Pastor, that's kind of creepy. Now, I'll tell you what's kind of creepy. Listen to the devil. Now, that creeps me out. But a holy, righteous, compassionate God, sovereign? Do you hear God's voice? Or perhaps are you listening to man's voice 
Even to Satan's voice. You young people here, believe it or not, I used to be young. You need to be very, very careful what you allow to go into your ears, who you're listening to, whether that's in everyday conversation or music or entertainment or that which comes before your eyes. You need to be very, very careful. Now, as God was working behind the scenes to bring his choice for a successor to Saul, we read some details. Everybody say details. It's important to note here that Saul did not just abdicate the throne, saying, well, boys, I've had fun. I've had my run, had my fun. Now it's time for someone else's turn. It wasn't that way at all. He defiantly held on to his own devilish agenda right up to his demise. It reminds me of that passage we read in Revelation this morning where great hailstones are going to fall on people and they are going to curse God. Don't you think if a, one hailstone hits you upside the head, you might be tempted to apologize to the one that threw it? But he didn't. That led to an all-out military conflict between Saul's loyalists and David's fans. Now, for all intents and purposes, and I'm reading between the lines, taking some poetic license, but this bred and led to quite a civil war among the people. By the way, God was on David's side why? Because Saul had turned against God. And I'm here to tell you this morning, turning against God, that will get you dethroned every single time. Okay? So, coincidentally, the number of fighting men of each tribe of Israel was to be and was recorded tribe by tribe. It's kind of painstaking to read through that in some respects. But I'm headed to number four on your study notes. I want you to get this. Stay with me here. It is made crystal clear that the fighting men that David amassed were the best of the best. They were the best of the best. And we read such accolades right from the scripture, such accolades about them expressed as this. They were brave warriors. They were ready for battle and able to handle the shield and the spear. They were armed with bows and able to shoot arrows or to sling stones. Check this out, guys. Right-handed or left-handed, swift as gazelles. Look at this. The least one was a match. The least one was a match for a hundred. One could whoop up on a hundred other uh, normal men and the greatest for a thousand. One could whoop up on a thousand. These were the best of the best. And from among this stellar group, we find this. And I've landed in First Chronicles 12 and verse number 32 where we're told, and if you read the context of it, is the fighting... Beloved, let me reiterate something to you that was said just a few moments ago, and it is this. Do you understand the times? Spiritually speaking, do you understand the times we live in? Now, no doubt I'm speaking to some of you. You understand 
the popular fads today. In fact, you've purposed to embrace everything that's out there. If it's out there, if there's some new gadget, some new something going on, you're going to be right in the middle of it. Listen, that's part of the problem because those things can serve as a distraction. And that's not what I'm talking about. Are you aware of those things? Do you know about all the trends and all the fads? And are you striving to be, back in my day, it was called cool or trying to be popular, trying to be part of the crowd? Or do you understand what's going on spiritually underneath, behind the scenes, in terms of knowing that there is a God in heaven who has a purpose and plan for your life, there's also the enemy of your soul, Satan, who has a definite plan for your life. Do you understand what's going on, and do you know how to deal with that which is going on? Well, Pastor Terry, how do we know that, and where do we find that out? You find it right here in the Word of God, the Bible. Now listen, before you tune me out and think, well, there's another one of those Bible thumpers, this dude that's holding up, uh, this uh, thousands of year old document and claims that it has something for my life today. Indeed it does, and indeed I am. This is the Word of God. It is right. It is true. Yes, it was written long ago, but it was written about the stinking now and now, right now. And it does make application to your life. And there are things here that can prepare you for these evil days and the days to come. That's why I encourage people to not only read the Bible, but to study the Bible, to read it uh, uh, with some intention and to really pay attention to what's being said. I want to be an encouragement to you to set under anointed preaching and teaching so that you can know what the Word of God says and you can make application of it in your life and learn how Holy Spirit of God operates in our world today to help you know and understand it. That's a little bit more deep level than perhaps some sermons or teachings that you hear that just talk about the streets of gold and then the sweet by and by and so on and so forth. Listen, before we get to the streets of gold and the sweet by and by, we do have to endure and encounter the stinking now and now. And that calls for some discipline and some purpose on your part, whoever you are. And I trust you'll be encouraged to that extent. In particular, those of you that are battling some battle now, and really you are going through some difficulty, some trial, some period of testing in your life. Be encouraged to find God's plan. Be encouraged to find God's power so that you might stand upon it and stand in it. Father, I thank you again for each one that's turned on this telecast, and I pray that by your word, by your power, every man, woman, boy, and girl listening right now would know and understand that you have a plan for their life, and that plan is found in your word. I pray you'd help them to get in it, to study it, to get it in them, and to live victoriously in the days to come. Prepare us for what's ahead, and we'll thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Well, I am Terry Knight, and my time is nearly gone. Before I get out of here, let me remind you all one more time about something very important, and that is our weekly worship celebration. Now, I know the church is on hard times nowadays, and there are so many that want to embrace this ideology that I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Well, 
let, me, uh, let this preacher say this to you. If you're born again, spirit-filled, you will desire to be with God's people around God's Word doing what God has purposed for us to do. So uh, New Life Community Church has such meetings Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. We'd invite you to come out and be a part of that. We also have midweek activities Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock. Some small groups, and let me tell you, that's really where it is nowadays, those small groups where people do come together and embrace the one another commands, loving one another, praying for one another, and so on and so forth. Again, Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. Well, I'm Terry Knight, pastor of New Life Community Church. I'm wishing you a great week. And remember, my friends, Jesus is coming back. Is He coming back for you?